my own special creation. So come take a look, give me the hook or the ovation. It's my world that I want to have a little pride in. My world, and it's not a place I Hi, everyone. This is Alicia Halliday, and this is the ASF Weekly Science Podcast. I could not let Pride Month go by without acknowledging the LGBTQIA community within the autism community. Let your rainbow flag fly, be proud, be yourself, not just in June, but every month of the year. This goes not just for the LGBTQIA community, but everyone. You don't have to be LGBTQIA to be a supporter. Every month is Pride Month, or it should be. June just shines a light on how to support and love this special group. So LGBTQIA within the ASD community is a pearl within an oyster, and I mean that in a good way. I love pearls and I love oysters. So there's a lot to learn and a lot to process about the link between LGBTQIA positive and having an autism diagnosis. First, let's talk about what some of those letters mean. LGBTQIA. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, queer, intersex, and asexual with the plus assuring inclusivity. And there are links between the ASD community and the LGBTQIA plus communities. And this podcast is meant to provide some highlights in the scientific literature, not be exhaustive, because just like everything autism, it's nuanced and there is not a blanket statement about everyone with LGBTQIA with or without an autism diagnosis. They're not one thing or another, and they certainly don't experience the same things. Lastly, as in last year recently, an international group pulled together four large data sets to examine the link between autism, autism traits, with and without an LGBTQIA affiliation. They noted that several studies have already investigated the disparity of males and female diagnosis But that's birth assigned male versus female. There's really not that much known about the rates of autism in transgender and gender diverse individuals or the rates of LGBTQIA in the autism community. There is a difference between those. But let's start with some terminology. And so I don't screw this up. I took it almost directly from a scientific article. So gender identity is a different construct from sex assigned at birth, which is usually classified as male or female, primarily based on external genitalia. Some individuals are born with chromosomal, genital, or hormonal sex characteristics, which may vary from male versus female binary, either intersex individuals, and those who may be assigned or raised as males or females. Gender identity is a person's sense of their own gender. This may or may not coincide with sex assigned at birth. Someone may be born a female, but may identify with being more as a male and vice versa. The current term cisgender is used to refer to individuals whose gender corresponds with their sex assigned at birth. However, there is a diversity of gender identities, including transgender, non-binary, gender fluid, agender, gender queer, two-spirit, bi-gender, or others. So it's not just about being trans or cis. 
So for the purposes of this article, I'm going to describe on this issue, the diverse gender identities are either called transgender and gender diverse or gender variable. And these are individuals whose gender does not always correspond to the sex that was assigned at birth. So currently 0.4 to 1.3%, so obviously there's not one number, there's many across different studies, of the general population is estimated to be either transgender or gender diverse. Although of course the numbers vary considerably based on how the terms are defined. And we all know that about 1.5% of the population has an autism diagnosis. So looking at the intersectionality of the two, we're talking about pretty small numbers, which is why they need to gather as many populations as possible to get some accurate representations of what that number is. Either LGBTQIA in the autism community or autism and autism traits in the gender diverse community. The existing literature is all over the place based on small studies and across different age ranges in different countries. So it shouldn't surprise you that studies have identified that between 4.8 and 26%, think about that range, 4.8 to 26% of individuals who are gender diverse have an autism diagnosis based on several different criteria. Now, the largest of these studies identified that 6% of individuals are autistic and LGBTQIA based on a review of clinical and medical records. On the other hand, the flip side of the coin shows that between 4 and 5.4% of autistic people may potentially be transgender or gender diverse compared to 0.7% of the non-autistic population. So it's important to collect large numbers and combine different data sets which is why this group in the UK combined five of them. These data sets all looked at gender identity and autism, autistic traits, and psychiatric conditions. They found that across all five data sets, transgender and gender diverse individuals were three to six times as likely to be autistic than were cisgender individuals. And this controls for things like age and educational attainment. Second, transgender and gender diverse individuals scores significantly higher on self-report measures of autistic traits. And these also include systematizing and sensory sensitivity, and also scored significantly lower on empathy traits compared to cisgender individuals. Third, in two data sets with available data, transgender and gender diverse individuals had elevated rates of multiple other neurodevelopmental and psychiatric conditions. Finally, exploratory analyses identified that transgender and gender diverse individuals were more likely to report that they suspected they had autism that was undiagnosed. Why is there this link? Well, the authors have several suggestions. I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. As far as I'm concerned, they're all right. It's up to you guys to discuss and consider. First, transgender and gender diverse individuals may be more likely to report autistic traits due to feeling that they don't fit in socially. Also, it's important to know that transgender and gender diverse individuals also had higher rates of ADHD, bipolar disorder, unipolar depression, OCD, learning disorders, and schizophrenia compared to cis people. 
those who are transgender and gender diverse may be more likely to participate in one of these studies that looks at gender identity and autism or gender identity and autism traits. So the numbers may be slightly inflated. Autistic people may also be less likely to conform to society norms and identify as transgender or gender diverse. I'll take a note and say I'm not entirely sure I totally agree with this one. They may be less likely to conform to society norms, but why is that specifically being transgender? If you don't want to conform to societal norms and it's not a biological influence, why transgender? I feel like there has to be something more than that, than not just wanting to conform to societal norms. And that underlying biology, whatever that is, does have a role. Another study suggested a psychosocial theory that the nature of ASD leads to somewhat rigid beliefs about gender roles, like girls do this and boys do that. So they feel like if they want to do something that's outside their kind of gender conformity, like something that's like a boy, they more identify with a boy and identify as being transgender. Now, sometimes this cognitive inflexibility, as it's called, prevents the understanding that gender identity is on a spectrum anyway. Girls and boys and men and women can enjoy the same things. It's not boys like this and girls like that. Again, these are ideas, and it's important that we not pathologize being transgender or gender variant. So let's jump to the issue I think that we need to focus on, which is the mental health issues. So two more recent papers like this year rather than last year, focused on this. First, a group at Children's National Hospital in D.C. examined a group of about 100 adolescents who were either cisgender autistic, transgender autistic, or transgender typically developing. Autistic transgender adolescents experienced greater internalizing symptoms like anxiety and depression. Mental health in this group was related to executive function, social challenges, and these things led to greater suicidality. Now, this isn't an isolated finding. In Australia, a study called the Trans Pathways Studies collected information on 859 trans and gender diverse people in adolescents aged 14 to 25. This study found the higher end, 22.5% had an ASD diagnosis. Remember, it was 4 to 26%. 22.5% is a pretty high number. This was also self-report on everything, so the numbers may also be inflated. However, note that they then focused on mental health issues and found that those with an ASD diagnosis who were transgender had higher rates of depression, anxiety, PTSD, psychosis, eating disorders, self-harming, and suicidal thoughts. There were no effects on social transitioning, that, that is, difference in coming out as trans in both autistic trans and typically developing trans kids. Fewer autistic trans people were taking hormones or had gone through surgery, though. Another issue is health disparities. A collaboration between researchers in Kansas and Boston, linked in the podcast summary, looked at data from a survey called the National Survey on Health and Disability, which was implemented after the Affordable Care Act. Note, I called it the Affordable Care Act, not Obamacare. The NSHD is a national internet-based survey field between February and June 2018. Participants were recruited through disability organizations. This survey was circulated on listservs, newsletters, conferences, and social media. 
This study did include a wide variety of disabilities. They ended up with 54 ASD people, 19 of which identified as LGBTQIA+. That's 35%, and that's really high. I'm not disturbed by that. I just don't know what to make of it. But the goal of the study was really to look at unmet healthcare needs. So by self-report, LGBTQIA respondents with ASD were twice as likely to report a mental illness or psychiatric condition and reported twice as many poor physical health days per month compared to straight cisgender participants with ASD. There was also a 10 times increase in smoking rates. That's a lot of smoking. Autistic LGBTQIA people had higher education in this survey. So this is kind of opposite is what you would expect. Usually lower rates of education are linked to higher rates of smoking. But in this case, autistic LGBTQIA people had 10 times the smoking rates as straight cisgender respondents. Now, both cis and transgender had health insurance, but this is the disturbing part. The LGBTQIA had more problems getting health care, and it's really troubling that a high number of respondents who are both LGBTQIA and ASD reported being refused services by a provider. Now, we can do something about this. We need to improve access, train doctors so they understand the needs of this population, Now, as far as refusing services, I'm not sure what to say about that. We need an overhaul. I kind of like to know where they were living. If someone refused me services, especially medical services, I'm not sure I'd want to force them to do so because then they just do a crappy job. But why would a medical doctor refuse a medical service? We need to process that and get into that more. All of this is leading to a reluctance to either disclose autism or seek health care because of previous negative experiences. But why listen to me on this topic? In 2018, the same group at Children's Hospital in D.C., the one I mentioned earlier, they came out with some guidelines. They may be pretty old, three years, but they're pretty still up to date and people need to be paying attention to them. The guidelines were developed by experts in the field. I hope they get used because, again, even three years old, they're relevant. The link is in the podcast summary. So some of the guidelines include first, when assessing for co-occurring ASD and gender variants, don't do it alone. I'll admit I'm not an expert in everything. It's okay to ask for help from another doctor in understanding these things in the same person. Diagnosing ASD can be complex in those who are gender variant. And diagnosing gender variants can be difficult in ASD because of challenges in communication, self-awareness, executive function, as well as ASD-related flexibility and thinking about correct gender roles. They go as far as to say that gender issues should be part of screening for adolescents or young adults with ASD. They have an assessment protocol I won't go into, but they stress that a diagnosis of ASD with gender variants or gender dysphoria is possible and they can be co-occurring. So one should not be excluded from the other. It's possible to have both, So you don't need to diagnose with ASD or gender variants. There is a treatment checklist, but the treatment checklist includes both adolescents and parents getting psychoeducation about the natural occurrence of ASD and gender variants. The treatment plan should be individualized in terms of the specific needs of the person. It's not about pathologizing. It's about educating and supporting. 
It includes structure for gender exploration, mental health issues, referral to a pediatric endocrinologist, and support services like LGBTQIA support groups. It also includes emergency situations if suicidal thoughts are present. Finally, it says that you need to continually address the intensity of feelings and urgency through the process, shaping the goals, whatever they may be. Also, there should be education about victimization and safety, transition to adulthood, and navigating the workplace. Now, if you don't think that people with ASD and gender variants need any help or support, or if you are a person that fits this and you don't think you need any support, then you can skip the treatment aspect. However, before you dismiss the need for help in this group, a study just came out by Meng Chuan Lai and his group in Taiwan. Maybe Taiwan doesn't represent every country. However, they assessed 88 people with ASD and 42 typically developing individuals at average ages of 13 at the baseline and 20 years at follow-up, so adolescence to adulthood. At follow-up, this group's endorsement on the item, quote, I wish I was the opposite sex in a questionnaire, was used to evaluate gender dysphoric symptoms. They then used the gender dysphoria and compared mental health symptoms between adults with and without this item endorsement at the follow-up at about 20 years. They explored parent-reported family and autism characteristics in the childhood and adolescent time point to endorsement of this gender dysphoria item in adulthood. They found that more autistic adults reported the wish to be of the opposite sex than typically developing individuals. Autistic adults who endorsed this item experienced more mental health challenges, more bullying, more cyberbullying, more suicidal ideation, and worse quality of life. Clearly, we need to do better, and sometimes the first step is understanding. Thanks to all of you who listened to this podcast, and a special thank you if you listened and considered how you as an individual can help someone with ASD and gender variant. We all have unique needs and challenges, and this group needs our love, support, and overall advocacy. Thanks for listening.